Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the uncensored version of the Veritas 7 podcast, the true crime podcast that's dedicated to examining the intricate and graphic details of the most unimaginable cases through the lens of our amazing panel of experienced investigators. Led by host, Kurt Dillon. This extraordinary team of super sleuths acquires all of its facts through Freedom of Information Act requests to the actual investigating agencies supervising the cases. Together with occasional guests and experts, the team delves deep into some of the most unorthodox, bizarre, and so far, unsolvable cases from all over the world. What's more, by tuning into this particular podcast, you actually have the opportunity to assist the team as they endeavor to unlock the secrets that have so far eluded some of the world's finest investigators. This is the Veritas 7 Uncensored Podcast. And without further delay, here's your host, Kurt Dillon. Hi there, everybody. Thank you again, and welcome. Join me, your host, Kurt Dillon, for this, the latest episode of the Veritas 7 Uncensored content. Tonight, we are going to be covering the very bizarre case of Debbie Collier, the North Georgia mother of two who engaged in about 24 hours of really bizarre behavior. If you listen to the official account of the story, anyway, before pulling off on the sidelit road, getting out of her rented minivan, trekking about a mile up into the woods, taking off all of her clothes, dousing herself with gasoline and committing suicide by setting herself on fire. That again is the official story and it is also the official conclusion that this was a suicide. We don't believe so. We are going to get into all of that very soon here and go over the minutia of this case that just does not make sense. So you're definitely going to want to stand by for this. The bizarre case of Debbie Collier is coming your way because Veritas means truth and the uncensored truth starts... Now. I can't believe the price of dog food is getting outrageous. And if I want to save a few bucks, I have to carry a 50-pound bag of kibble up the stairs into my apartment. There has to be a better way. There is. I'm so glad you said something. You poor thing, we've been using TummyTimePetSupplies.com for over a year now. Tummy Time Pet Supplies? What's that? TummyTimePetSupplies.com they have all the major brands and most smaller brands as well. In fact, we not only get all of our dog and cat supplies there, but they also have everything we need for Brett's chinchilla, Ashley's ferrets, Haley's iguana, and even Jordan's pet tarantula. Wow, they sell all that? And more. But what's best about TummyTimePetSupplies.com is that they ship everything through Amazon Fulfillment. That means that everything you order gets delivered right to your door, and if you're an Amazon Prime customer, shipping is almost always free. That really sounds incredible, but I bet it's super expensive. Mark just got laid off and I can't afford all those special conveniences for a while. Nonsense. In fact, Tummy Time offers some of the most reasonable prices anywhere. You really have to be a whiz and coupon shopping to beat their everyday prices, and when they run sales, forget about it. I can't believe it, an incredible selection, great prices, and right to your door service. So what do you think? I think the next time I buy anything for my pets I'm going to TummyTimePetSupplies.com. I think that's a very wise choice. Me too. That's right. For all your pet needs, it's TummyTimePetSupplies.com. Remember TummyTimePetSupplies.com.
All right, we're back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, tonight, I have with me on our distinguished panel of co-hosts, Kat Dahman, me, April Hill, and our resident coroner, Dakota Bloyd. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you all with us tonight for this uncensored episode of the bizarre death of Debbie Collier. So we're going to get right into it. April, I know you're familiar with this case, too, and so are you, Kat. Uh, Dakota is one of our newest members. Uh, we're definitely going to be hearing from him later because of the crazy forensics in this case. April, you remember what the circumstances were with the case, uh, with how, uh, you know, she disappeared. Then there was where she went to that uh, family dollar store there in northern Georgia, went in. We have the video on our website, by the way, theveritas7.com. You can go and you can see the video of Debbie Collier going into that family dollar store. We also have on there the photographs of the crime scene. There are a lot of them. She went in. She bought certain very distinct items. She bought a poncho, a rain poncho that you wear. She bought a, a regular plastic tarp, not something that you wear. She bought one of those long lighters that you use to light your charcoal grill or your fireplace without burning your fingers. So it's basically a big lighter that just has an extended nozzle on the end of it. And she bought a reusable tote bag while she was there. Those are the items that she bought really odd. She went out. Uh, the video shows her sitting in the parking lot of the family dollar for a little bit more than five minutes after she completed the purchase and then getting in her van and driving away. Now, we don't know what she was doing in her van. as you That's definitely an object of contention. If you listen to our regular podcast on this topic, that's not an uncensored. And it really begs the question, was somebody else in the van with her or was she on her phone? So part of our FOIA request on this has not only been, obviously, for the conflicting autopsy reports, but also for her phone records, because it just seems really, really odd. A lot of the strange things that she did throughout this case, she did uh, in, in basically using her phone, sending that really weird Venmo message to her daughter, along with $2,385. We're going to get into that here in a little bit, but... Fucking bizarre is really the only words that I can think of this because in all the suicides that I've covered, all the murders that I've covered when they try to make it look like suicide, this is the only case that, I mean, it seems like somebody's buying it. I don't see how anybody, I, I've, ne I've never heard of a scenario where somebody has gone into the woods, especially a 60-year-old woman with a chronic bad back, treks up into the, a mile deep into the woods takes off all her clothes, sets herself on fire as a method of, of suicide in, in an area that she has no claim to and no tie with. There's absolutely no record of her ever being to this place before. It just seems really bizarre to me. April, give me your feedback. What do you think about this freaking crazy case? <laughs> There's a lot to think about. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, just reviewing it over these few weeks and um i just i can't help but think that it, the daughter amanda and the boyfriend andrew just they they have something to do with it now whether they did it themselves i, I haven't decided that yet but i really think that andrew has a huge part in her death i think something happened there i, I think Maybe he knew something. I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I know, he knows something 
that I I mean I agree it's there's just there's too many uh, for those of you who don't know Andrew uh, is Debbie has a daughter named Amanda and Amanda is dating semi engaged to this guy named Andrew and he is a former MMA fighter really big dude he's also really not a nice guy now he's got a criminal history he's on parole so uh, you know we don't want to invade anybody's privacy or whatever the case may be but. The funny thing is, the reports were that he owed his parole. He was back on his monthly parole payments to the tune of a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah, that's and, what it was. I'm and, sorry. I was trying to remember exactly what it was for, and I was just blinking out. But yeah, that's what exactly what it was. Right. It was to the tune of like $2,000. And it's just really weird that right before her death, she Venmo messages, Debbie Venmo messages her daughter Amanda Two thousand three hundred and eighty-five dollars. Now I keened in on this because two thousand three hundred and eighty-five dollars is a really fucking precise amount of money. You know what I mean? Like right. when you're sending somebody money, basically cash through one of these services like Venmo or Cash App or Zelle or, or any of that stuff, you send them twenty five hundred. You send them twenty two fifty. When you send some, in my life, every time I've paid a bill or sent somebody money. When I send somebody an amount of money that ends with 85, it's because that's the exact amount of money that they need for something. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Kat? What, uh, what's your experience with any of that? Okay, yeah, the money was very, I mean, it was just like, right, I can't talk. It was really weird. But I was thinking about what she said in the message. And I don't think it was her saying that. I thought it was somebody who wanted to make it really look like her like for instance I, you know i would say um okay you know here's some money i love you uh, don't forget to take my orlob jersey out of the dryer and you'd go oh that's got to be cat because she's obsessed with hockey and that player so right. the the whole the blue flower pot it, it's almost like they were trying too hard to make it sound exactly like, uh-huh it, it you was. know what I'm saying? 100%. I think, I think, I honestly think that was the daughter doing that. She knew her mom well, and yeah, I think that was all her daughter's doing. Yeah, she had to say something that was so unusual or and it's so on target that you go, oh yeah, you know, it had to be her. It was the blue flower pot by the door. Right. right. So now I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to adjust verbatim quote into the record so that the listeners know now we actually have a of a photo of the venmo message that was sent along with the money and that'll be on our website so as you're listening to this you'll be able to go onto the website and look for yourself and see but the venmo message says starts out and it says debbie collier paid you two thousand three hundred eighty five dollars the message that goes along with the notice of the transfer of money says exactly this they are not going to let me go love you there is a key to the house in the blue flower pot by the door (laughs) that's the extent of the message now what bothers me about this like cat picked up on which was which was excellent the verbiage in this transfer Seems just a little bit too deliberate, not only for a mother talking to her daughter, where all accounts are that the two of them communicated, you know, 20 times a day because they were very close. Matter of fact, her son, Jeffrey, has repeatedly called Amanda Debbie's rock. So they they were in almost constant communication with each other every day. 
very odd how this is worded because, first of all, her use of the word they, they are not going to let me go. So let's break this down. That implies, number one, there's more than one person involved in having possession of Debbie. Otherwise, there's no reason to have the sentence, they are not going to let me go. Not going to let me go also means I'm being held without my, like, if it was my choice, I would not be here. Necessarily imply kidnapping. It necessarily means I'm here and I don't really want to be here. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're in those circumstances, I mean, what are you doing? Like, like, can I borrow your fucking phone? I want to send a message that you're holding me here. I mean. Right, right. right. Well, that, It makes no and, sense. And, and who is kidnapped that has their phone? Exactly. If I'm going to kidnap you, I'm not going to leave your cell phone. <laughs> that, uh, just, it's really weird. So yeah. you have that fucking instance, and then you have, like I said, the first part of that, they're not going to let me go. So let's preface this whole bullshit with they're not going to let me go. Then love you. Okay, that goes without saying. You are sending it to the daughter. But then again, you just gave her 2,385 reasons to let her know that you love her. Okay. <laughs> You're not explaining anywhere in this why you're sending her that amount of money. So if she didn't ask for it, you're just, we're supposed to believe that just she's pulling this out of her ass and just deciding to send her daughter $2,385, which there is no report anywhere that claims that like this was everything, every penny in Debbie Collier's bank account. It would be one thing if she knew she was going to die and she was just emptying out her bank account and dumping it to her daughter. But there's absolutely no evidence that that's what happened here. So $2,385, again, a very deliberate amount of money. Then we have this fucking craziness with they are not going to let me go. Love you. So now we're to the next part. There is a key to the house in the blue flower pot by the door. First of all, now, why the fuck would your daughter need to know where the key to the house is when your husband still lives there and ostensibly she could go to the house and get in any fucking time she wants? I mean, there's there's no reason <laughs> exactly. to tell you. Yeah, there's, there's no reason to tell your daughter how to basically sneak into the house without the fuck. Now, keep in mind, the husband, Debbie's husband in the house is not Amanda's or Jeffrey's father. Not their biological father. This was a second marriage for Debbie, and he is not the biological father of either one of Debbie's kids. So, I mean, I get it that, you know, she might not be able to just walk over to the house, especially after her mother is dead, and just walk into the house and do whatever it is she wants. Although you would think as a family they would have that kind of relationship. But, all right, I can see where they might be a little standoffish about each other. She might have to actually knock on the fucking door. Right. it's her mother's house too so i mean it's not like he's gonna say no you can't come in bitch fucking go home <laughs> get the fuck out yeah but, but you know something interesting that i remember um during one of our previous recordings ellie had mentioned uh or she made some statement suggesting that drugs were holding her captive um that's what she meant by that like the drugs were holding her captive and they're refusing to let her go um, because she was addicted, I, but that makes yeah. sense, though. I mean, could she be? Could she have been talking about that, or was well, it? Well, I mean, it could make talk? sense if the rest of the circumstances supported that. But if, all right, if that's the case, if the drugs are the demon here, and you feel victimized by the drugs, why are you going to go? There's absolutely no reason to drive yourself to some remote hole in the woods 
60 miles away from your house where you there's no extra there's no record that you've ever been there before in your life you're going to find this little cutout on the side of the road on this busy highway in the middle of fucking nowhere i mean if you see the overlay maps that we're going to have on the website of where she was ultimately found she's 20 miles from fucking no place right and she drives over there, leaves the van, gets out, walks a mile deep into the woods, undressed, takes off all her clothes, pours gas on herself, sets herself on fire, and kills herself. Listen, she has had yeah. a prescription for oxycodone for 20 years. She has a whole bottle of this shit. If you just wanted to check out and drugs were your demon, you would just take the fucking bottle of pills and go to sleep and never wake up. You, you have a bottle of death that follows you everywhere you go. And it's a, it's a much painless way to, way to go out. Swallow that. You're going to go to sleep nice and easy and you're, and you're never going to wake up. Right. No, I totally agree. I just, I just found it interesting that, that, that even crossed her mind. So I just thought yeah, that was well, I mean, and, and, a different you know, way of looking at it, but, but it, 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 when you put it all together, it, it doesn't make sense. Yes. When we do this, we want to look at every possible angle and we're going to right. look at even more angles in a little bit when we talk to Dakota uh, about this, because the real crazy thing about this is, yes, we want to look at every possible avenue of a rationality of what was going through her mind or whatever. But like I said, even Dr. Michael Bodden, when he did the second one, he said in his 40 years of being a medical examiner in New York City, where he's seen just about every method of people committing suicide from blowing their brains out to jumping off a bridge to drowning themselves. And there are, b believe me, it sounds crazy, but there actually are a good percentage of people that commit suicide by setting themselves on fire. They just don't fucking get naked first. Yeah, exactly. But there's no reason to take off all your clothes to set yourself on fire to commit suicide. And there's really no reason to go and do it in the middle of the woods. I, I mean, that's just, that's the shit that's crazy about me is to pick this spot, to go there, to go and buy these items at family dollar, ostensibly knowing that you're going to kill yourself very shortly. So what do you need a tarp for? Why do you need a poncho? What do you care if you catch a cold? You're getting ready to kill yourself. I'm curious to know whether or not her hair was fixed. And, and you know, there are, I've not seen any, I've not seen any reports of that, but if you look at the videos of her and the still photographs of her in the family dollar store, her, she looks a mess. Okay. So her, her hair was not, her hair looks like a ragamuffin. Yeah. It looks, okay. it, it, it's, okay. it's a mess. Wet finger uh, electric outlet method of grooming. But really weird, all the nuances of this case. Then we get to the crime scene. Now shit really gets fucking bizarre when we get to the crime scene. So she went and she bought these things. Again, a poncho, a tarp, a plastic tarp, a reusable tote bag, and uh, one of these uh, charcoal lighter things that's got a long nozzle on the end of it. So we have all of this shit that she goes and she buys, and she, get, she parks the car in this place that nobody's ever seen or heard of which is an actual cutout there is a paved cutout on the website you'll see the photographs of where she left the, the minivan the rental minivan that she parked there and walks a mile deep into the woods again not something that a woman 60 year old woman she's getting ready to be 60 years old with a chronic bad back does they don't go hiking by themselves uh amped up on oxys in some completely unknown place in the woods there 
uh, walks about a mile deep, goes in there, gets herself situated. And then as we're supposed to report, somebody, there's a, there's a tree you'll see in the photos uh, where the trunk of the tree, it's a, it's a relatively small tree. It, the radius of the, of the trunk of the tree is probably five inches, five, five and a half, six inches tops. So somebody sawed through the tree with uh, some kind of saw three quarters of the way through. You can see, it, you know, we, they have pictures of where the tree was cut. And then after it was sawed through three quarters of the way, the rest of it was ripped off. So you can see where it's like jagged and it's ripped uh, on the edge. So you have clean, it, it's cleanly sawed and then it's jagged and ripped at the end. And the, the top part of the tree that was cut off is laying there off to the side. So it's not right where it would have fallen if it happened through some natural cause. It was, it fell and then was clearly dragged about a foot away. So this tree is there. And now, aside from this tree, she's gripping onto her, the way her body is found, her right hand is gripping onto the base of this tree. And like she's bracing herself against the pain. Uh, the toxicology reports that they found, she had elevated levels of oxy in her system. However, she had a legitimate prescription for oxycodone for over 20 years because she had a chronic bad back. Now, according to what the original medical examiner said was that it was an elevated, approaching a lethal dose of the opioid in her system. What Baden corrected when he did his autopsy was that somebody that had been taking oxy for 20 years would very commonly need to elevate the dose right. for, in order for the drug to continue to be as effective. And I was just, I was just going to say that what, what, you know, we don't know what her tolerance level was. <laughs> it could have been very high. You're going to take oxy to dull the pain of setting yourself on fire when you could just swallow the whole bottle of oxy and go to sleep and never wake up. I, like, the, what, was the, the bottle found with her? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The empty bottle. It wasn't empty. It still had some in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bullshit. This is all bullshit. <laughs> that's, well, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, yeah. She, I mean, like, I, you you have death in a bottle. All, all you got to do is swallow the whole bottle of oxycodone, you're going to sleep. So, so that's it. And then the most intriguing part about all of this to me, because, you know, a, a lot of everybody that knows me and listens to enough of these podcasts knows that I'm into all of that DNA and I'm into all the science behind this shit. And I love investigating these and seeing how the science either identifies a killer or exonerates a killer or, or, or whatever the case may be. So uh, what really intrigued me is in all of the years I've been listening to Dr. Michael Bodden, I, you know, I lived most of my life in New York. So he was the chief medical examiner there when I lived there. You know, I've been listening to him and watching him on TV for most of my life. And he even did a couple of seminars at John Jay. I didn't attend John Jay. I only went there for a couple of seminars. But one of them was actually, he was one of the guest speakers at the seminar that I went to there at John Jay's uh, School of Forensic Medicine there in uh, New York City. And I've revered this guy for pretty much most of my life. He has disagreed with other forensic pathologists many times throughout the course of his career, but he always treats them courteously and with respect. His exact words in this case were, to pronounce Debbie Collier's death as a suicide, it, it's an insult to the science of forensic pathology. He said that he believed, he saw absolutely no evidence that there was a suicide here and actually saw forensic evidence that this was not a suicide, that it was a homicide. That just left me 
mind fucked when, when I saw that because here's a professional guy that's been doing this for 40 years. He has no reason to pick on podunk Georgia uh, pathologist uh, backwoods that maybe has done, you know, a half a dozen autopsies in the last three years versus the guy that's done over 4,000 in his career. For him to call that guy out like that, that just, that fucked with my head. So now, that being said, I want to call on our own resident coroner, Dakota Bloyd. Dakota, thanks for joining us today. We really love having you as part of the team. If you've had an opportunity to look over any of this material and try and make some sense of this, either the original autopsy, I I know we don't have the autopsy yet. We've requested that via FOIA, but hopefully you've been able to find kind of the paraphrased versions of what not only the original autopsy said, but what Dr. Michael Bodden said in opposition to that. Uh, What's your take on this, Dakota? Uh, So just from everything that I read, um, Dr. Bodden, he said that, uh, which is true, uh, they did not find any soot or carbon monoxide in her airways. Uh, 99% of the time, uh, if someone is alive, uh, when there's a fire burning and they're inhaling that stuff, you're going to have soot and carbon monoxide present. Um, right. And just from- to clarify real quick, you are actually a certified, you're certified at uh, arson investigations and arson crime scenes, correct? Yes, sir. And then fire death investigation. So you know what you're talking about. You've seen these before, these autopsies, these bodies that have been burned, either actually died as a result of fire or tried somebody tried to make it look like that, right? Yes, sir. I've never seen anything this uh, unusual before. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this and kind of understand what's going on. Right. Right. Yeah. I, it really, it twists my brain too. I, I don't, have you ever in your experience in, in the cases that you've handled, have you ever seen, I'm sure you've seen somebody that commits suicide by fire, but have you ever seen anybody take their clothes off before they do it? Uh. I have personally uh, never seen anybody uh, in a suicide manner uh, take their clothes off prior to death. Um, most, I, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of people, I don't know, they seem to want to take their clothes off when they, uh, or mo- most people die naked, let me put it that way. <laughs> I got you, I got you. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. it's, very, it's very common, especially elderly, you know, they want to be as comfortable as possible, they're in pain, they take their clothes off, so... Uh, there is a lot of people that do uh, die naked, but typically in her instance, I mean, she was in the woods. I'm not going to wander around naked in the woods. Uh, she, Like you said, if she was on hydrocodone, she'd been on hydrocodone for 20 plus years. That's not her body would kind of start to, you know, if, if I first started taking hydrocodone it's going to affect my body more than someone that's been taking it for 20 years. So right. that's not something that I would see, Hey, it's going to make me strip my clothes off and go set myself on fire. Basically. Now also at the crime scene, they found a couple of other odd items. First, there was the state of the tree. Like I said, which was fucking bizarre on its own. Right. Because I, I can tell you right now, Debbie Collier didn't cut that tree. They found there was no saw that was found there. So clearly the the tree was cut with a saw partway through. It had only recently been cut. Wood and and a tree weathers after it's been rained on once or twice. This was a fresh cut tree and there was no saw there. So somebody else, there was no saw in her van. There was no, so somebody else cut the tree at some point recently before it had rained and it was raining all that day. That's number one. Number two, also by her body, they found a pair of latex-free vinyl nitrile 
blue uh, medical gloves. There was a pair of those that were turned inside out. They were found not far from the body. There was also a partially torn back cover to a paperback book, although we ha- they have not, at least that I've seen, they have not identified what book that was yet. Or if the book itself was in evidence anywhere at the crime scene, just that one little piece of the back cover of the paperback book, and a couple of pieces of burnt, charred white paper that might have been used to set a fire, might have been used like as a wick kind of thing. I don't know. The photos of all these things are on the website at the veritas7.com. So you can go and you can look at all these photos that we have of the of the crime scene. There's quite a few of them. We don't have pictures of Debbie's body on there yet. We've requested those, but uh, we haven't received those yet. So what else, Dakota, are you seeing from this as far as uh, the situation of her? Uh, is there anything in this, I, I want to say, that would lead you to believe as a death investigator that this was probably a suicide? Um, from everything I've read, I don't believe it was a suicide. Um, I I personally think that she was killed and then set fire. Um, I do I did read uh, here just a little bit ago, uh, but they did find uh, a I believe it was a two two three round cartridge nearby. Did I saw find that. that. Yeah. They said that it would be very uncommon for a cartridge to be found in that area because it was not a hunting area or like a sports recreation area. Um, and it was also, I believe, September 11th was her death date, I believe, when they found that her. Was, well, that was the date. They don't know if she actually died on September the 10th. She disappeared on September the 10th, and her body was found on September the 11th. So they're not really sure if she died in the evening or the early morning hours. Somewhere between the 10th and the 11th is where uh, she she expired. Okay. But, yeah, they uh, said that it would be uh, very uncommon to find cartridges in that area because it was not a recreational hunting area or a sports area or anything like that. And uh, with it being September in that area, it was actually archery season. Uh, even if right. it, they were able to hunt in that area, it would have been archery and not a uh, long gun or anything like that. So I thought that was kind of interesting to know that they did find uh, that evidence as well. It would be really interesting to see if it looked like that casing was had been there for, you know, because brass casings, if they sit out in the elements for any period of time, they, they tarnish. They tarnish pretty quickly. If you leave a bullet casing out in the, you know, in the elements, it's going to turn dark uh, pretty quickly. Or, it, you know, if it's fresh, obviously, it's going to be shiny brass. Uh, so I'd be interesting to know if it looked like that shell casing was weathered, like it had been there for a while, or if it looked like it was fresh and new. Yeah. Hey, uh, just to clarify, that uh, was it was an unfired round. Doesn't it look like two or three idiots got together and said, "Okay, let's stage the scene. What do you want to bring?" I mean, it's just it. Nothing makes sense. It's like it it, it really doesn't. Kind of like they just took a a basket of uh, different props and pulled out what they. Try to stage a crime scene is what it sounds like. Uh-huh. And they were not successful. <laughs> but really does. And they're not very smart about the way of things. As we established, Debbie had a rental vehicle. She was in a traffic accident about a month before this. So she had a rental minivan, which was a brand new Chrysler Pacifica. And ultimately, they found Debbie's body because the authorities, after our family reported her missing, the authorities went to the rental car company and they basically lowjacked and GPS tracked the uh, the van to where it was when the police found the van and got on it 
they brought in cadaver dogs and the cadaver dogs went back into the woods and they're the ones that found Debbie's body. So that's how Debbie was even found in the first place. But if it wasn't for that, it could have been a very long time where, you know, her body was either never found or, you know, scavengers got to it before it was able to be found. And it, it seems to me that maybe that's what they were shooting for. That the, the whole reason why they chose that scene, number one, they couldn't track her through her cell phone because I don't think her cell phone got any reception there. And I believe that's what Debbie was doing when she was in the parking lot of the Family Dollar. That's probably when she sent the Venmo message to her daughter was while she was there in the parking lot because she had a, a cell phone signal. But where she was in back there in the woods, there was no signal. And that's further evidenced by the fact that she had an unsent text message on her phone to her son that just said, I love you, but it failed to send. And why I, the tree? Yeah. That's what's blowing my mind. Yeah, all, all of this is very, it's just, it's very strange. It's very strange. The circumstances surrounding all of this. And, yeah, and, uh, and, and Amanda was always the daughter uh, of Debbie, um, was just so adamant all the time about, oh, my mom was depressed. She was this, she was that. It had to have been suicide. It was suicide. She was just adamant about it, but I don't know. I just think that falls into, you know, my belief of them having something to do with it. Right. Usually people don't want it to be suicide. You know, they, you know, no, it must have been this, you know, being listed as a suicide. So, yeah, I agree with you, April. That's it's a little weird of her. Yeah, she's, she's right. totally strange. Definitely strange. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's bizarre in every stretch of the imagination, and it's so elaborate and so nonsense. To, I mean, to, for a suicide, if it's a legitimate suicide, who the fuck does that? I mean, there are so many sexier ways to kill yourself. Exactly. And, 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 and get much, rid of the saw. And, and, and much less painless, you know, much yeah. less painless. Who's going to intentionally inflict pain upon themselves to commit suicide? No, no, yeah. I don't want to kill they myself. Wanted, I want to make it fucking hurt. And I want, well, I want to make it fast and quick. <laughs> right. And she had, could have gone out there and cut her wrists. I mean, why the well, fire? You know, what I keep thinking about is so all this stuff that she bought at the Dollar General, I mean, Family Dollar. Oh, uh, Family yeah, Dollar. Family. <laughs> uh, sorry. That's right. At the, at the Family Dollar. I mean, Someone had to have been with her in that car, and I just question if this person was like, you know, forcing her to get this stuff, um, and why? Because I mean, that's not normal things to buy. Um, I don't I mean, know. It's, I'm it's, just it's thinking. Really I'm sorry. I'm 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 thinking as I go, and I'm. No, you're making me think. Oh. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's the whole idea is, you know, we try to brainstorm this shit and we, we try to look at it and say, is there any scenario where I can imagine somebody doing this? And I get it. She battled depression her whole life. Uh, you know, she everybody has issues. Right. Prior to the day before when she disappeared, there was no evidence that she was irrational, that she had ever been like Baker acted or committed to a mental institution or that she was, you know, that she was schizophrenic or borderline schizophrenic. None of that. None of that. You know, probably shit. 60 percent of the population have symptoms of depression at some point in their life. It may even be higher than that. You know, the other 40 percent probably lie about it. 
But the, and, I, the, well, and I think we all agree that the, the husband didn't have anything to do with this. But I, I was also thinking, I wonder if there, if, did she have life insurance? Was it something that her daughter and the boyfriend were looking into? Um, but then I, I started thinking about that. But then I'm thinking, well, but she's, her husband is still alive. So that wouldn't make sense. But I don't know. Right. I'm just trying to think through all these possibilities in my head right now sorry i'm going through that <laughs> no that's it that's fine that's fine and but nothing uh, makes you know, sense i'm trying the, to make it make sense even the venmo money even the venmo money was was confiscated by the cops originally while they were doing their investigation uh right. so the daughter didn't get that money right away they only they released it to her not really all that long ago but i don't know it, it seems very bizarre now that we see that bullet there shell that they that they found near her body um that's also another element that's intriguing too. It makes me wonder, like, not so much that there was, you know, she wasn't shot or whatever the case may be, but it very, it's very likely that somebody was using this as, as a weapon to deter her and keep control over her, and they dropped the bullet. Right. Yeah, I definitely get a sense that that some someone was controlling the entire situation from the moment that they pulled up to that um, family dollar until she was found. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got a bullet there. You got you got a book. You got burnt paper. You got the you got these uh, vinyl nitro gloves. uh, All all this other shit, and and the bizarre method of suicide. Then you combine that with the Venmo message, with the two thousand three hundred and eighty-five dollars, the tree, and the lack of the saw. Yeah, it's it's all staged. No, yeah, it's definitely stages. Definitely not a suicide. Yeah, I I don't see any reason. You know, and then. Why in the world, with all of this being true, why in the world would the cops, and especially the Georgia Bureau of Investigation who oversees cops in these investigations, why in the fuck would they ever pronounce this a suicide? That's a Dakota question. (laughs) Well, That and also the possibility of maybe they did it as a suicide because they wanted to make sure no life insurance was paid. A lot of life insurance policies that are out there don't pay for suicide. Right. So what do you think about all of this, Dakota? Especially the uh, the if you look at the original what the original uh, forensic pathologist says about the autopsy uh, about her cause of death, I, I keyed in on that also where it said that it was she she died because of inhaling superheated gases and all this other kind of shit. And then you have Dr. Michael Bodden saying, well, there was no damage to her esophagus and no soot in the lungs and no evidence that she breathed in any of that. So how could this one guy claim that this is not only found in evidence in her autopsy, but it's actually her cause of death? And then you have Michael Bodden that turns around and says, well, this wasn't even in evidence that she inhaled superheated gases. You seeing anything with that? Uh, just from what I read, I, I don't see any way that it can be uh, suicide if there was no damage to uh, her trachea or windpipes or anything like that. I just can't see it being a suicide. There's a lot of people in the country, conspiracy theorists, whatever, that have a lot of bad shit to say about cops, have a lot of bad shit to say about law enforcement in whole, the government, all, all that crap. I get all of that. That's not the thing here. When police or government or whatever, when they decide that they're going to lie, and I'm not, I'm not defending them because there are plenty of them that do it. When they decide they're going to lie and when they decide they're going to cover up, it's always for a reason, though. They don't just do it for the sake of, you know, fuck it, I'm going to I'm going to do this all ass backwards and just throw some shit in the game here. That's not the reason why you have a cover up like this. So my my bigger question is, 
I think it's pretty safe to assume that the government and the law enforcement in this case is covering something up. They're lying on purpose to cover something up. The reason, though, is that's what we have to find out. There's got to be a reason. What was Debbie involved in? Who was involved? In, why do they feel the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the county sheriff's office, the the forensic pathologist in the, that did the first autopsy? Why would all of these people agree, professionals that have given their lives to these careers, why would they jeopardize their reputations by all agreeing to lie about this shit? And, yeah, Who the fuck is Debbie me... Collier? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the thing that gets me. It's not like she's some kind of drug lord. It's not like she's involved in organized crime. So, I mean, these people, they, they don't have money coming out of their orifices. Again, who the fuck is Debbie Collier? So, did they base everything on the pills? I think so. But, they, but I mean, some they were saying that it could also have been an accident, but no. Um, I mean, if you go through those, those, what are they? Okay, there's eight of them. Other than the pills, I'm not getting it. Unless y'all can say something I'm not getting. If you're going to commit suicide... Why would you say they're not going to let me go in the message to your daughter? Exactly. And, and then tell her where the fucking key to the house is. Like that, none of this. That's why I, I think her. I think the daughter's dumb. I think the daughter's dumb. The daughter wrote that, and mm-hmm. she, she, <laughs> obviously was not thinking clearly when she wrote it. And I don't know. And just her past history, you have to think. You know, um, from what I've read, that she had she had an extensive rap sheet herself like and she's just like a fucking idiot and all kinds of shit i mean yeah like going back to i I don't know i I think i read it was like i I don't remember exactly what it was but yeah she 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 wasn't she wasn't a good person and so (laughs) i honestly think yeah she's very dumb she Mm -hmm. wrote it Mm -hmm. her boyfriend's in on it and might as well put the brother in there too right well, and after all of this, you know, uh, she's she's on the fucking podcast circuit. Yeah. she's. I mean, she's going around and she's appearing on all of these podcasts and shows all over the place. I don't know what they're paying her, if they're paying her, how much they're paying her or oh, whatever. Her. But she's laughing and joking on one and then boiling her eyes out like like a, like the victim herself in the next one. And, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm saying, like, way to cash in on your mother's death. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's. You know they're paying her. At the ve- well, at the very least, even if they're not paying her, it's like she's setting up the she's setting up the scene to be able to write a book and get paid for that. Right, definitely. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of when you're trying to get that kind of publicity, you're not trying to raise awareness for anything. You're not trying. You usually families of victims of crimes or whatever they go on the podcast circuit circuit or the media circuit because they're trying to raise awareness for a crime or for some kind of social injustice or whatever the case may be. This bitch has none of that. Mm -mm. Maybe that's why she did it. It's all about you. I mean, nobody notices her. She's like that. I'm going to get noticed. Yeah. Anyway, this this baffles me. We could go on and on. By the time, hopefully, by the time we do the full episode of this, we will have more FOIA uh, things that we've gotten back. They should have absolutely no uh, resilience. We should meet no resilience in this case in requesting the FOIA materials. Because guess what? It's not an open fucking investigation anymore. You closed it and said she killed herself. So right. you should give me everything now. Definitely. 
So uh, we're definitely going to look into that. We're going to go hard on the FOIA. And by the time we record the actual full three-hour, two-part episode on the disappearance and death of Debbie Collier, uh, hopefully we'll have uh, at least answers to some of these questions. I, I don't think we're ever going to have answers to all of them but because this shit is just too bizarre. But I, hopefully we'll be able to answer a couple of them, which might be able to shift our perspectives a little bit and give us a little a better idea of why. And to me, the issue is, I don't know if you ladies agree, and Dakota, if you agree. I mean, again, the key question here in all of this, we have a ton of questions, but the key question is, who the fuck is Debbie Collier? And why is she so important that all of you have to lie your asses off about how she died and the circumstances surrounding her death? Right. Unless everybody's stupid. (laughs) Stupidity is contagious like that, though. It would be stupidity if it was just one person. But, I mean, you you have the sheriff's department, you have the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and you have the medical examiner's office. And they're all, they're not all stupid. They all got those jobs for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So it, it can't be ineptitude. It has to be deliberate. To use a popular catchphrase in recent history, that's what you call collusion. Yeah. We need to, to know who she was. Uh, yeah. I that's mean, who all. was she involved with? What's, well, you know, what's going on? Was she in witness protection from fucking 30 years ago or something? And, uh, you know, they just don't want that to come out. So let's hush, hush, hush. And, and uh, I don't know. I mean, my mind is, you know, I, I write some pretty wacky fictional <laughs> shit in my life. So, I, you know, my imagination could go to some pretty fucking strange places. Oh, but, yeah. Cross somebody the wrong way and pissed them off and they tried to get their revenge. I mean, it's it, it, all of that is in play. It's, it, that's as great of an explanation as any, Dakota, because all of that is in play. You have a real estate agent that's living in a fucking yurt. <laughs> You're obsessed with that yurt. <laughs> I can't believe the price of dog food is getting outrageous. And if I want to save a few bucks, I have to carry a 50-pound bag of kibble up the stairs into my apartment. There has to be a better way. There is. I'm so glad you said something. You poor thing, we've been using TummyTimePetSupplies.com for over a year now. Tummy Time Pet Supplies? What's that? TummyTimePetSupplies.com. They have all the major brands and most smaller brands as well. In fact, we not only get all of our dog and cat supplies there, but they also have everything we need for Brett's chinchilla, Ashley's ferrets, Haley's iguana, and even Jordan's pet tarantula. Wow, they sell all that? And more. But what's best about TummyTimePetSupplies.com is that they ship everything through Amazon Fulfillment. That means that everything you order gets delivered right to your door, and if you're an Amazon Prime customer, shipping is almost always free. That really sounds incredible, but I bet it's super expensive. Mark just got laid off and I can't afford all those special conveniences for a while. Nonsense. In fact, Tummy Time offers some of the most reasonable prices anywhere. You really have to be a whiz and coupon shopping to beat their everyday prices, and when they run sales, forget about it. I can't believe it, an incredible selection, great prices, and right to your door service. So what do you think? I think the next time I buy anything for my pets, I'm going to TummyTimePetSupplies.com. I think that's a very wise choice. Me too. That's right. For all your pet needs, it's TummyTimePetSupplies.com. Remember TummyTimePetSupplies.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. That's about going to do it for us for tonight. I just wanted to thank you all for tuning in to this latest Veritas 7 
uncensored episode about Debbie Collier. Also wanted to ask you real quick, if you don't mind, to please, if you enjoyed the show and you want more of it, please rate us on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Also, if you could, please like the show and subscribe to it. It only takes about a minute to do that, but it really means a lot to our metrics as far as our advertisers go and so forth. So if you can find it in your heart to spare that minute and a half or two minutes that it takes you to rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast, it really is a big deal to us, so we would appreciate it. This is going to be one of the episodes that stays in front of the paywall. However, at once we do about a half a dozen of these that are going to be available all the time, all the future uncensored episodes, as well as all the future Just Gone episodes and all the future Gifted Insights episodes are all going to be behind a paywall. So you will need to be a subscriber to the Veritas 7 in order to get that content. The biggest reason for that being is some of the content that we're going to be putting in these shows is just inappropriate for any 12 or 13 year old to be able to just download it off the internet so we do want to kind of protect it a little bit so that's the main reason we hope you will subscribe and we'll even give you the opportunity to call our special voicemail number leave questions or leave comments for us that we will play on the air so you'll actually be able to get your voice on the air if you're a member of that subscription tier so stick around right now you can do that at our patreon that's uh, patreon.com forward slash the veritas seven which that's the number seven not the word seven spelt out so you can subscribe now if you want to get ready for that content or you can wait until we have it set up on our spotify hosting plan which will be probably in the next week or two but if you want to get in there right now or if you want to give us a one-time donation we would greatly appreciate it again that's patreon.com forward slash the Veritas 7. For all of us here at the Veritas 7, thank you again for tuning in. Have a great night. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.